And we know historically that police unions have rejected reform and change. Um, so we need to figure out how we're going to both be pro-union and also be pro-police change in the same conversation. And I don't yet have the answer to that. We can't just say we're not racist. We have to be actively anti-racist. And I know that that statement is plastered everywhere online, um, but I think it's totally true. Um, we can't just sit in meetings and committees and say, oh no, we don't condone these racist systems. Well, we need to actively take steps to counter those racist systems and to dismantle kind of historical um, discrimination and inequity. And um, I feel like we haven't done that. Yeah. Wow, those were some interesting sound bites, Dr. Woodson. I look, really look forward to this episode. This is really what this is about. I, I'm really excited. We have to just get right into this, but uh, first you should probably introduce yourself, Stephen. Oh yes, my name is Stephen Kesha Xian, and I am the sound engineer and co-host or co-producer for Making a Better New Podcast. And I'm Bill Woodson, Dean of Outreach, Chief Diversity Officer, uh, and also chair of the 4C committee, the Committee on Campus Climate and Culture. And we are also uh, producing, co-producing this, uh, this episode. And I'm really excited. We're both at New College of Florida and we are talking this week about the President's Ad Hoc Commission on Campus Safety and Policing. That has been a very, very hot topic on our campus. And we had the opportunity to have three conversations from our students, from faculty, and from staff talking about their participation on this committee. It's mm -hmm. going to be really interesting, this conversation. And a note, the uh, police were invited, and they were part of this ad hoc committee. But like my credit card last week, they declined. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, uh, I, we would, maybe they'll come back into the conversation later. But uh, we've got a lot of great uh, content very interesting contrast in perspective, but let's not uh, delay. Let's go ahead and get right to it. Hi, I'm Nicole Gelfer, Director of Student and Community Wellbeing. And today I'm here with Chris Kotke, Associate Professor of Mathematics. And together we serve on the Campus Climate and Culture Committee. But today we're here to talk about the Ad Hoc Presidential Commission on Envisioning Campus Safety and Policing, which was announced by President O'Shea in November 2020. Chris, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So if you can tell us, you know, what are you learning as a member of the committee? It's, yeah, it's been a really interesting experience. Um, I think it's, it's important work. I think it's, it's timely. Um, it's been really interesting to sit in a group of people that represent a number of different constituencies on campus from students to staff to faculty to police themselves and to try to sort of understand where we're at and figure out where we can go together. Um, you know, that people bring a lot of different things to the table and I think have very different views a lot of times on, you know, what what's the sort of best model for, for safety on campus? What does it look like? What are the strategies that are most effective? Um, and, you know, I think we, we sort of unearthed a lot of things just in the course of the 
commission doing its business, you know, we weren't given a very specific charge, like, please address this one specific issue. It was really kind of a holistic thing of, you know, trying to get a picture of kind of where we're at, trying to understand where we want to be and how to get there. And, you know, a, a number of different things sort of came out of that, um, that, that were interesting and, you know, and difficult. And I think are going to be ongoing. I don't think we in any way just found resolution on any issues, but I think we've hopefully made some intelligent recommendations that that I hope the incoming administration will will take up. Um, and yeah, I look forward to sort of continuing the growth and the dialogue on it. What were some of the issues you mentioned that were unearthed through the course of, of that dialogue? Yeah, well, I mean, so one sort of clear area of, of conflict was, I think there's two different visions for, you know, what it looks like when police interact with students on campus. I mean, there's obviously the police doing the police job, right? I mean, if there's been um, like a robbery or something and, you know, the police come to help you out, there's an emergency, like that's sort of clearly defined role. But outside of that, like, what does it look like to have police on campus is an interesting question. I think there's this idea of community policing, right? Where the, the idea is that the police should really be members of the community, be out in the community. The community should know individual members of the police by name, become friends with them, that kind of thing. And I think the police had really been making efforts at that kind of policing to just be out in the community, be showing up at events um, if they're not, you know, if, if they don't have specific duties to attend to, that kind of thing. On the other hand, from the student perspective, this was not always wanted. And in fact, it was very often unwanted. I mean, just, you know, the presence of an armed uniformed officer um, can be you know, very uncomfortable for people depending on their background, their identity, their history with the police. And you know, I think, so just that sort of conflict of like, what's the best way to manage the relationship between the student population as a whole and the you know, people whose responsibility it is to keep them safe is a, you know, is a challenging one. Um, I mean, I do think there is something to be said for you know, knowing each other, the more that we are able to know each other as individuals and, and connect in our common humanity, the, the better those relationships become. But at the same time, I'm also certainly sympathetic to this idea that there's a really inherent authority and power dynamic um, when there's a, an, an officer there, right? I mean, that they have a very specific and very powerful role in our society that, you know, and responsibilities that we that few other people have and that just by virtue of what they have and what they what they what they bring when they're when they're in a place you know can really change the dynamic um and so you know i think i i hope that we can move toward a model where you know both things are happening i mean one of our recommendations is that we increase the drastically the use of non-sworn, uh, non-armed personnel in, in a lot of the routine kind of things that, that the police might do around campus. So if, you know, if there's a lockout, if there's, um, you know, whatever, just kind of routine safety patrols, things like that, um, you know, the hope is that, you know, maybe the presence of someone in a polo shirt with a radio might be a little bit different than the presence of somebody in, in the full tactical gear, so. Thanks for that. I think it's, um... 
you outline really well some of the challenges that we have, and we see that they're not necessarily unique to New College. These are issues that communities and campuses across the country are facing and trying to figure out how we move forward together in ways that, that everyone can be served well. So, so thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and another thing that actually I've been reflecting on in the course of this that's interesting is, you know, we have different constituencies that, that you know, have very different experiences here at New College. So, you know, one thing that this, a point that the students made that is certainly very apt is that they live here, right? Like, um, you know, the staff and faculty get to go home at the end of the day, they go to their houses, which are in their off campus. But for a lot of the students, they're on campus 24 hours a day, this is where they live. Um, and this is their home. And so that, you know, that's certainly true. And so, you know, they have a, a claim to the campus space as their home in a way that many of the the other members of the community don't. But I think there's a flip side of that as well, which is that the students are here for, you know, four years typically, right? And then they leave and so, um, and go off and, and do wonderful things. And on the other hand, you know, many of our faculty and staff and, and members of the police and, and others are, you know, building careers here. So they're, you know, members of this community for the longer term. So we have these kind of conflicting intensities of stake um, in terms of time scale and, and intensity as far as, you know, whose space is this and, and sort of to whom does this campus belong? And, and you know, there's no one answer to that, I, but I think we need to be, you know, understanding of, of what it's like for each other and to, and to kind of reflect on that. And I think that that goes beyond just the issues of, of policing. I think that's kind of a, a broader issue that that probably arises in a number of areas, but something I've been reflecting on over the course of this. No, it's a really, it's a really apt question. Um, and sort of, there isn't one singular answer to it, I think. It's, it's kind of this mosaic of people who um, comprise it as a residential staff person who lives on campus. Um, it is a home and, and I take a lot of responsibility for ensuring that our students feel that way, that they can feel safe, um, that they can thrive in the environment they live in. At the same time, it is challenging in the sense that we also have an obligation and a responsibility to ensure that they're safe. Mm -hmm. um, and some of that does intersect with police functions at time. Um, so no, I, I think what you shared definitely resonates with me in terms of figuring out how we navigate this together, ensure that all the different stakeholders feel heard and that there are solutions and consensus that come about. Um, shifting a little bit, um, from your perspective, are there things that we're doing here on campus that are maybe better than society at large? Well, I do think that, you know, the, how do I want to phrase this? I mean, the, the police as an institution in our society has, you know, a long and very fraught history. You know, it's extremely tied up with issues of racism, um, you know, it's oppression on marginalized communities. Um, and our campus police as, as a part of that institution, you know, have a part of that. I mean, they, they sort of own a part of that. At the same time, you know, a, a campus police force is, is different in operation than a municipal police force. Um, you know, they're, 
they're not having to deal with the same level of you know crime in a in a way um you know so i think they have the opportunity to be more i mean a word that came up in our in our activities we had a a consultant paul aminsky who's the the head of security at princeton has also been involved in national organizations on campus policing and the word that he used is community caretaking um as opposed to community policing where the emphasis is really just on yeah being helpers in the community and i think that I do think that our officers see themselves in that way. Um, you know, they are here, and I think they do believe in their responsibility to make the community a safe and happy place to be. And they're not out there looking to bust people. They're out there looking to make sure that everybody is safe and and can conduct their academic lives here. Um, so, you know, I think I think that that that's different, you know, campus policing can be a, you know, more, I don't know, positive, less um, antagonistic kind of policing than, than can often happen in a community. And maybe we can lead the way in terms of reform and, and how, how policing operates. Um, because I think that's something that certainly needs to happen on a local and national level. And it's been a big part of the conversation in the last year. And I think, you know, things are starting to change very slowly, but there's a long, long way to go. Um, but I, I do believe that in New College and, and campuses in general can be leaders in that respect. And I, I hope that what we've done as part of the commission is moving things in, in some ways toward that direction, toward that new direction. Uh, I'm Krishana Williams, and I am a library technical assistant in the library. <laughs> How long have you been working at New College? Um, about three and a half years. So I'm Dano Reed, and I also work in the library as a senior library technical assistant and as we just said, I've only been working at the library for a couple years, but I'm also an alum of the college and I attended from 2005 to 2009. Okay. My pronouns are they, them. All right. Um, so you've been involved in the president's ad hoc commission on campus safety and policing. Um, and so we're going to do some conversation today around how you felt about that process and what you think we've gotten out of it. So the first kind of like bullet point we're going to talk about is what you feel like you learned on the commission and how you're feeling it can contribute to the future of the college. Mm, yeah. Um, this has been an interesting time. So you and I are doing this interview, um, having this conversation the same day that we've had our last meeting, uh, which was only a few hours ago. And uh, we finished our official sort of recommendations. They may get, you know, like massaged a little bit to be smooth, but for the most part, uh, how they are is how they will be uh, presented to the president and the board of trustees. Um, and we've been probably working on this for maybe three months, I think. I think we really got going in February. 
mm -hmm. February, March. Yeah. So about three months or so. Um, it is a whirlwind time to address a very large and long-standing question. Um, and that on top of being in the midst of a very large conversation that's happening, um, not just in our country, but globally about police violence has made this a very difficult um, conversation to be having. And I think because of that, I've tried to do my best to understand as many angles of this issue as possible. Um, but I think for me, this question started well before the commission came together. Um, and in a lot of ways, what I learned on the commission is sort of capstone to things that I was already trying to find out about police brutality before we came together. Um, so that's kind of a, a contextual piece as to sort of the things that I have learned. Um, so the first one is that when we, as a country started talking about the George Floyd murder in uh, the summer of, I guess it's been two years now, um, I was also doing some on-campus um, diversity trainings in which we all kind of had to do, well, it was voluntary, but for the goal was to have as many folks on campus to have these conversations as possible. And the timing in which I did them ended up being the same time as a lot of folks as our campus police department were doing it. So most of my group uh, was the campus police department, which is the first time I've ever really seen them known their names, seen their faces for real, actually like connected with them, had conversations with them. And for me, that was my first learning experience because I think that in that moment, I was starting to understand police in this like bracket of like police. That's just a category. And from that time, those like, conversations that we were trying to get to about diversity until now I've understood how like individualized the police is as an institution as well as the folks that make it up and then how it can sort of congeal and expand to adjust to certain questions and issues and things that come up and I think that piece for me at first seemed to be this sort of like you know very benevolent like oh isn't it nice you know each officer has their own perspective and idea but as we started to try to get to the heart of this question I understood how it can become uh, an impediment to actually getting reforms to happen and actually making things happen because you ultimately can only ever reform on a very small level and hope that it spreads throughout the different levels and connections of organizations that make up police because there's no central police body right mm -hmm. um and so that is, I think, the first thing that I learned, right? One, it is both beautiful and lovely that each of our officers is an individual, right? But also that becomes very difficult to make change like across the board and within sort of best practices and accreditation. Um, all of those things can quickly get chopped up and uh, oversimplified. Um, and that's a, that's a major problem. That's a major problem, especially because I think the rhetoric around uh, Black Lives Matter and around uh, defund the police, think of them as a monolithic block. And we will have to have a more nuanced understanding if we would like to actually see some things come together. Yeah, um, and it's really sounding like um, your experience with the police and trying to think about reform 
is very akin to any kind of like climate reform in any mm. large organization, just like the campus as a whole. We scheduled those campus climate workshops to be fairly small groups because you're trying to actually move individual people yeah. and change their individual practices in a way that is very difficult to do with just like blanket monolithic changes. Yeah. No, yeah. Absolutely. So like, of course, no wonder this is hard. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and, and it's a very, a very new college thing, right? We are proud of our individuality. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think it's one of the benefits to what the climate that this commission is trying to work within, right? We don't see ourselves as a place where we have to sort of match the status quo or sort of, you know, be the norm. We give ourselves the freedom and therefore the imagination to do things differently. Um, so it has been really lovely in that way as well. Mm -hmm. But that was only the first thing you learned. That was only the first thing. You're right. Yes, that was a long way, a, a long way around that to that answer. So the second thing I learned about um, is that it is really hard to, um, I guess what's the best way to put this? It's really hard to have conversations without that have conversations that have a purpose of coming to some sort of a conclusion or some sort of agreement or some sort of action without being being able to have uh, everyone sharing in the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the initial challenges for the commission was to make it a space that was safe for officers and the administration and the police department to be able to share the challenges of the work that they do and the things that we might be trying to bring forward. Um, and that I think is a hard pill to swallow for a lot of us who feel like this question is very straightforward and we really don't understand like why this hasn't happened yet. And I am very much, I have been in that camp until now, <laughs> literally until this commission, right? Um, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Why can't you just not kill black people unnecessarily? Boom, uh, particularly if they're unarmed, ta-da, you know what I'm saying? Nice. But then uh, if you start to figure out, okay, so, why is that happening? <laughs> uh, you need to understand the nuances of policing of the particular department that you're in, a particular training that they're having. It gets to be very complicated. And if you don't have a space where officers feel like they can speak and share, then you really can't get to those sort of nitty gritty things. Um, and so that I think is one of my, my second takeaway, right? Is unfortunately we have to have this conversation in a way that includes our officers. Um, but for me, uh, this is the third thing that I learned. So we'll just slide right into that and then we'll probably deal with these as a package. Um, this is what I learned today, like as of four hours ago, uh, is that because we need to have officers in this conversation actively having it, we have to better engage with police unions. And that's uh, difficult. Right. That's difficult. Uh, so, so the third thing that I've learned is that we need to spend more time with the idea and the question and the like purpose and, and the practices of police unions, um, because as a country, we'd like to say that 
in certain circles, you know, we're, we're, we're pro-union. As a campus, we'd like to say that we're pro-union, um, but then when it comes to police unions, we want it to go differently. And we know historically that police unions have rejected reform and change. Um, so we need to figure out how we're going to both be pro-union and also be pro-police change in the same conversation. And I don't, <laughs> yet have the answer to that. Um, so I think that third piece really makes it difficult to have that second piece uh, mm -hmm. because officers can't speak outside of the union um, without sort of losing the faith of the union. Um, yeah. And then it gets complicated, it gets hairy, you know? Right. Uh, so. But if we could have unions involved on our side and involved in negotiating what exactly reform looks like I think it would be a lot easier to persuade police that this is like for their benefit Absolutely. that we're looking for people to be safer and to not get themselves in trouble and yeah. to be better taken care of physically and psychologically Absolutely. and you know uh stuff yeah, <laughs> but that's right? really that's uh -oh. really hard it's really hard to get um to get any group of people who are organized and mobilized that way in their own defense mm -hmm. to drop those defenses to have a yes. conversation with you about what you think Absolutely. needs to be changed and like things need to change so yeah. we've got to somehow make like bridge that gap I guess yes yes I really agree so okay uh this sounds like it flows right in to the next question, which is mm -hmm. like, what do you think the biggest challenges are to for on our campus yeah. for trying to really make substantive change? Yeah, you know, actually, in some ways, this flows into the next question, but I think you we have a very particular problem right now at, at New College for our question about campus safety and policing. Um, and I don't think that it's all that complicated of an answer, to be honest. Uh, I really think if our police department could stand squarely in a position and take a position to be anti-racist, we would easily be able to have a lot more work done. It would be like butter after that. But the ability to get them to make that statement is um, ridiculously difficult. And it shouldn't be that way. Um, and I think it's really counter to what New College believes in and stands for. And that's why we can't get anywhere. So I think that in some ways, those other challenges exist, and they're important. But the challenge here on New College in particular is that we need our department to stand, take a stand for being anti-racist and to begin to think about how this question affects other folks, you know, and besides their department, right? And how this, how they interact with what we believe in as a campus. And that is not, I don't think, a big ask, but it seems to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's terrifying. Like, why is it so difficult to just kind of get them to make a basic statement yeah. but I see how if they're kind of in defense mode and they're afraid to say anything without union approval I can see how this becomes like a difficult hurdle um, this is kind of just for my own mm -hmm. edification yeah. uh, it's a question that I never asked when we were kind of talking about this outside of this interview and people can edit this section out if they are not interested in it um, <laughs> But how do you feel 
the fact that actually our campus police are both NCF and USFSM impacts their relationship with the college? Mm, or does it not impact? New college. That? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's actually a really great question. And um, I think that in some ways it's helpful. I think the model that USF has for their Sarasota campus um, is in some ways, some of the things that we're trying to get to. One of those things being seeing the police as a part of an emergency response, which includes sort of crisis management and, and counseling and safety, um, which is not quite how we have things set up here at New College. Um, and the sort of requirements for reporting, I think also for USF are a lot more robust and they're much easier to have access to. And so I think those two things are really good for us. Um, the things that are, are, are more difficult is that USF has its own police force as a campus. So up in Tampa, they have a very large police force and it's relatively professional. Um, and our campus sort of fills in the gap there, but that also makes them feel like they have to be compared to being a very large force. So there's a, a sort of attitude of police professionalism uh, within our department uh, that makes it difficult for us as a campus to say things like we want you to be involved in our community <laughs> right <laughs> we want you to be a part of us you know yeah. um, whereas that's not a police stance a professional police department is sort of this sort of outside on the edge protecting the community kind of thing um, and so their connection to USF sort of keeps like reflecting that and I think you know in, in their vision as sort of things that they have to be aligned with and I think we want to do something very radically different with our approach um, oh so yeah. that makes it difficult but it's also only 30 percent of of their budget um and and their jurisdiction so uh, we still have the majority in that conversation it's important to acknowledge um and we have to be doing those things in in concert but it's not enough for us to like say oh, okay well therefore usf needs to start calling the shots no I think it's it's still a new college question, uh, but there's yeah. some things, yeah. That makes sense. It occurred to me because both of us working in the library were really sensitive to um, the kind of fraught relationships that can arise from the fact that we used to be affiliated with USF. And of course the library is actually a shared facility between yep. NCF and USF. And we have USF collections here mm -hmm. and we do our best to serve USF students but like what you're saying about the police only having 30% of their budget come from USF, um, we can't devote the majority of our attention to the USF students. Yeah. And so sometimes things fall through the cracks. Yeah. Um, and that relationship can, can be kind of weird mm -hmm. or fraught. Yeah. Um, so how do you think, this also is kind of connected to the same question because mm -hmm. I'm trying to broaden our scope from NCF to our like wider NCF USF kind of shared campus. And yeah. then how do you think we're doing compared to society at large? Are mm. we kind of doing just as bad as the as what you see in the news recently, mm. where there seems to be a new case reported every three days? Mm. Are we doing better than that? 
are we on a good trajectory or worse trajectory? <laughs> um, <sighs> man, on any other day, I would have been, what? We're great. I love our officers. I love our department. Um, I think they're phenomenal folks. I have really enjoyed getting to know them. I like to go over there and eat their candy. Uh, they feel approachable. Um, I've made a number of friends, you know? So it, it's hard to, to align them with larger departments that have these very outrageous and egregious incidents um, because we don't have that here. We simply just don't have it here. Uh, our campus is relatively safe. It's low crime. The types of crimes that are committed here are generally misdemeanors. You know, it's not like we have, you know, we wouldn't put ourselves in a high crime index, you know, um, especially in just sort of the, the jurisdiction that our department sort of oversees, which includes, you know, this sort of intersection between the, the airport and the camp and, and uh, USF Sarasota campus um, and sort of like throughout that ringling scope, you know? Um, so it, it's pretty broad and, and US like, and, and 41 is a very like busy place and a sort of crimey kind of place. I don't know if that's an adjective, but we'll make it one. Um, so our, our officers have been doing a really great job, right? Of managing and negotiating all of the intersections of different departments that have to play and people that would be involved in that. Um, that's, they've, they've been handling that in ways that we don't even notice, right? Uh, I love to give the example that like a good police department is like a good, you know, management, which is like a good hotel. You know, if they're doing a good job, you shouldn't notice. You shouldn't notice that they're around, right? Um, and so in, in those ways, I think our, our campus is great. Uh, they're phenomenal. Like, <laughs> we're so glad, you know? Um, but then there's other things I think that make that question more nuanced. Uh, we have, uh, we don't have a ton of students of color, right? Um, and in that way, we have a lot less percentage of folks to complain about this particular issue. Mm -hmm. um, and then we do have experiences and complaints of students of color saying that they feel unsafe in the presence of our cops, right? Um, and we haven't seen enough of a police response to address that. Further, the particular issue that we as a campus are very proud of is the celebration and acceptance of folks who are transgender, queer, and questioning, right? And so that's something that our campus revels in. We're really strong in that area with concerted effort. Um, and those students have consistently said that they don't feel comfortable with our cops. So in those ways, the new college-specific problems we're not doing so great, you know. We're not doing so great uh, in the camp, in the college, in the questions that are at large within our national conversation. Oh, we're not even on the map, right? But we're not talking about uh, George Floyd's around here. We're not talking about Adam Tulilios. We're talking about our students or guests of our campus who don't feel that they are safe and protected at the hands of those who say that they are saving us and protecting us. And that to me is enough of a question, right? Uh, if I'm your mom or I'm your dad or whatever, I'm your parent, and my child says something is wrong, I want to know what it is. I don't care if it was small or large or whatever. We need to get to the bottom of this. And I think that should be the perspective all the time around here. Um, so some ways we're doing great. And I really, really love our cops. I think they're phenomenal. And I have full 
confidence that they can get to a place where the rest of the campus will feel the same, uh, but not without answering the questions that New College is asking of them, which I think are significant and should not be undermined. Yeah, well, and I see now, just like circle back to the very beginning mm -hmm. when we started out actually talking about the campus climate workshops, mm -hmm. I definitely see how this connects right back, to, right back to that because that's really about training people to recognize what a microaggression is and then not commit it. Um, convincing people to just not be judgmental or to be more careful about their language, more open-minded, and just more like careful in mm -hmm. general about how we treat each other. Yeah. And like, it sounds like that's, we need people to invest in that kind of concerted effort training. And I think that that's not just the cops. Like yeah. I've had a terrible time convincing people to use my pronouns and you know, like it doesn't bother me that much, but clearly it bothers other students mm -hmm. for whom like they've had a different kind of experience and they have higher expectations and we should all be better about it. We mm -hmm. all need to work on that. Um, but not all of us are people who are in the kind of position of power that the police are in. Right. Very so. Much so that's really great. And your experience here as a student, was it um, positive, negative? Uh, it was, it was great. Neutral. Like, I had a really positive relationship with our police department then, but it was a very different department. Mm -hmm. um, the cops tended to be older and like semi-retired and they had all come from, a lot of them had come from like New York City where they had faced a much higher crime rate and much more violence and they were super laid back. Um, and they really felt like people that we could call on if something went wrong, particularly, it was particularly reassuring that the campus had a good Samaritan attitude mm -hmm. toward overdoses, mm. even though the wider community didn't. Yeah. And so people felt safer in general because of that, calling the cops, the campus cops, when anything went wrong because we felt like we wouldn't be like blamed for stuff that had happened on campus as long as we were reporting something in good faith. Um, but now I don't know. I don't know if they still have that policy. I don't know them very well, even though since I worked at the library really late at night when we used to have 1 a.m. hours, um, I would see the cops every time we closed. Someone would come over and check on us and I know them much better as individuals now than I did when I was a student, but I don't know the policies of the department as well. Yeah. And I feel like it's a very different experience. They do seem much more professional. Yeah. And in some ways that's great. And in other ways, I question whether they really need to be, I don't know, so uptight all the time. <laughs> great point. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's it's such a, a, mind, a minefield um, in ways that I don't know if it was so testy, uh, you know, uh, a, a decade ago. So I think my, my parting thing would be to really uh, thank everyone who really tried to get to some sort of something about this, uh, because it hasn't been easy. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch a community do that. I think that's something that New College uh, is really good at and is one of our strong suits. And I really saw that come through with the folks that I was on the commission with. Yeah. 
that's great. I would like to thank them too. And especially to thank you for all the hard work that you put into this. And I know uh, it was kind of an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> just a little bit. Just, just a small a amount. Bit. It's fine. I may or may not have cried. It's cool. Yeah. So thank you for sticking it out for the whole time. Yes. And thank you for being my sounding board. Uh, honestly, I have continuously talked about how much you and also our other coworkers have really helped me to think more broadly about these questions and just hold, held space for me. Um, yeah. So it has helped a lot and I am grateful. I'm grateful for you too. This last interview is actually a three-way conversation between our student representatives to the Presidential Commission on Campus Safety and Policing. The first voice is Rocio Ramirez Castro. Rocio is co-vice president of diversity, equity, and inclusion for the New College Student Alliance. Uh, you'll also hear it referred to as NCSA. Uh, Rocio also serves as the chair of the Presidential Commission. The second voice is Chloe Fodor. Chloe, in addition to serving as co-vice president of DEI, is also a second year student as is Rocio and Sophia, who is the third, third voice. Sophia Lombardi is uh, NCSA president. And we've taken excerpts from their conversation. Pretty interesting, I hope you enjoy. What are you learning as a member of the President's Ad Hoc Commission on Campus Safety and Policing? How are you feeling about the future of campus safety at New College? To be brutally honest, um, I think one of the main things that I've learned from the Commission is that um, police reform will never be possible unless the police take um, full accountability for the historic discrimination and disproportionate treatment that they have executed against um, people of color, particularly black and brown people and um, queer and trans communities. Um, unless that is recognized, um, reform will simply not be possible because it is those issues and that disproportionate um, treatment that forms the foundation for why we need reform. I definitely agree. I think that sometimes we try to be inclusive in these conversations in a way that just ends up taking an all lives matter colorblind approach. Um, and then as a consequence of our trying to be inclusive, we fail to recognize um, the question of like equity versus equality. You know, certain groups have had different relationships inherently with the police and trying to generalize those experiences or explain that everyone has had a negative experience with the police or something of the sort just takes away from the issues that certain groups have experienced and ends up being a diluted uh, inclusive effort of, towards diversity and inclusion rather than anything really tangible that's going to see change for these communities that have been affected. Um, I think what I've learned is, at least from a numbers perspective, it looks like we have the support on campus to move towards tangible change. Um, what I've seen is that there's been a lot of consensus, particularly between students, staff, and faculty, um, 
on issues of on issues with campus police on campus and that we feel very similarly but the administration along with campus police have prevented a lot of change from happening um, through bureaucracy over the years. Um, I think I've definitely seen that the need for reform is greater than ever and we really need to support the efforts of you know student and staff and faculty leaders past. Um, but, you know, referencing something Chloe said, reform is not going to be possible unless people start to take accountability for their actions. I think a lot of people are failing to realize that even if it may not be their intention, um, they are still hurting certain communities. And I think once we start to recognize, um, once, once individuals start to recognize the impact of their actions and their role, um, there's room for a much more holistic conversation. Yeah, for sure. Okay, the second question is, what do you think are the biggest challenges our community is facing in regards to campus safety and policing? I think, okay, this is the, what first came to my head is, um, I think we're still stuck in something that we, in a differing idea, that, that we've been struggling with since kind of the beginning of the conversations that we've been having surrounding campus safety and policing, at least since I've been in this VPDI position. Um, and it's this definition of community policing, it still remains um, different for the police versus um, students and faculty. Um, I often find that officers and the campus police department in general um, feel that campus or that community policing um, basically means that the police are more involved in the community, that they become more firmly established within the community and their community ties. Whereas students and faculty tend to view community policing as meaning um, that funding and resources are reallocated to um, alternative resources other than the police to deal with more specific issues like um, mental health crises or responding to things like lockouts or issues with cars um, or medical emergencies that the police don't, the, the, where that issue doesn't require a police presence. Um, so providing support for community resources um, rather than including the police more deeply within the community. Um, I think that's a major issue that is inhibiting um, coming to a common ground on issues. I think that a big issue that we have also is just the student body's relationship with the police and um, the police relationship, the uh, campus police department's relationship with the students uh, becomes increasingly tense and there's more animosity the more uh, the CPD and higher admin don't listen to the students. Uh, students have been asked repeatedly to fill out forms, to fill out surveys, to come to forums, both in person and online, through the pandemic and before, uh, voicing their issues and their concerns uh, very explicitly, uh, their complaints with the campus police department. And there has just, uh, as we mentioned in the previous question, been no acknowledgement of accountability in those instances and instead a denial that those um, quotes are true or that what the students are saying are coming from places 
of actual concern. And so I'd say that that discrepancy, just the police-student mm-hmm. relationship, has become increasingly um, tense as students are not being listened to despite voicing themselves over and over. Yeah, I would just echo Rocio's concerns um, and add that I think there's also an administrative failure to listen to student concerns. Um, and this has been a pattern for several years now. Um, you know, students are our greatest, uh, our largest amount of constituents, and I'd argue our most important, given that they live on campus for four years and are fully ingrained into New College, uh, just culture and life. And on several occasions, both police and administration have failed to recognize the diversity of need on this campus and the issues that campus police continue to um, continue to, you know, sustain um, through just negative presence. Um, I think, like Rocio said, students are over-surveyed, students are over-questioned. They've made it, you know, very blatantly clear what they want to see on this campus and how they feel. And not only students aren't listened to, but particularly our students of color are really ignored. And I think that's very easy to do on a predominantly white campus. Um, And that's why a lot of student concerns have really been pushed against over the last decade in particular. But, you know, I think something needs to change. Uh, Things aren't gonna get better and we're not gonna be able to, to attract more students unless we fix our problems with them. I also wanna mention one more thing. Um, something that I've observed pretty consistently has been a prioritization of um, officer feelings and the feelings of the police department over um, the requests or the the demands of students. Um, Although the police are a part of our campus community, um, there is an inherent difference between Um, the role that the police play on campus and the role that students and faculty play on campus, but particularly students, because like Sophia said, students live here. This is our home. We don't get to go home um, to another place. Um, This is where we live. And um, the relationship that we have to this school and to our community is different from the relationship that the police have to the school and community. Um, Theirs is a professional relationship. For us, this is our education. Um, it is also our profession, our place of profession, and it is also our home um, where we live and work. Those are um, different dynamics, and they should be treated with differing um, levels of concern. Um, any other thoughts on the topic of campus safety and policing that you would like to share? Um, I think I would just say that, you know, it's been... It's been very inspiring to see particularly the faculty support students Mm -hmm. have, Um, but I would really like to see that support become a little more vocal um, because I think if faculty and students begin to work together as a collective, that will be able to affect actual change. Um, Overall, I'm pleased with the recommendations this commission has put forth. Um, They aren't perfect, but they are a step in the right direction, and I look forward to the June Board of Trustees meeting where hopefully they will be passed.
man, these conversations were just incredible. I am really glad to have had the straight scoop right from the students. Uh, that was powerful. Exactly. You know, just hearing everything fresh, it's still sitting in my head. Um, what were your key takeaways? What did, what did you learn from listening to the multiple voices on this podcast? Well, you know, the diversity of the perspectives was certainly very striking, but I really appreciated the, the thoughtful kind of balanced approach that Krishana brought forward. And I think that uh, Professor Chris Kotke had did a really nice job of sort of helping us understand what this process was and what its, what its aspirations were. And, and, and the students, the students were, I mean, they're passionate and, but they're, they're really coming from a different place. And uh, it's, you know, I, I, I really want us to see us address their lack of faith in the system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one thing that I have a hard time understanding. I think it's large part due to me moving to the U S when I was 18, didn't have my formative years, um, in the U.S. and I kind of see systems working comparatively to where I come from. So I'd be like, well, why don't we just engage with the systems and change the interpretation of law and those things of where I naturally don't see a corrupt system relative to what I'm used to and, and to my peers of what they see as a system that's not even worth saving. I think that was a big, big shock for me, I think, some, some from the outside. Yeah, I think, yeah, do we try to rebuild this thing? Do we try to repair it? Do we throw it out and put something brand new in place and not just talking about the police. It sounds like we're talking about the administration too. It, it was a powerful conversation and I'm, I'm hoping we can continue the conversation. I'm really glad that this podcast exists because we need to hear what people are thinking. Yeah, and, and so am I. I think when we first started it, the uh, script for the first episode was sent to me while I was drinking a smoothie and I was in a smoothie king and I was like, this is, this is going to be something. And I was smiling from ear to ear, hearing both you and Dwayne. And I think people were looking at me like, what, what, is, this, what is this kid doing? <laughs> but really interesting things from police unions to individualism to things that make up the country, you know, just reflected so perfectly in a podcast. Um, wow. I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we did. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to what you got coming up next with uh, this conversation around talking to your family about social justice issues. That's going to be spicy. Right. right. Speaking to your family about social justice will be coming soon. I have an amazing guest. Um, you may have heard his voice four seconds ago. Dr. Woodson's featured on the podcast with two prominent student <laughs> leaders as well. Um, we'll catch you soon. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Making a Better New, uh, available wherever fine podcasts are available. All the best. Gringolandia Chats is a student-run podcast about the Latinx experiences here at New College of Florida and beyond. In our episodes, we interview Latinx students and faculty members seeking to promote visibility, diversity, and connection among our community. Some of the topics we discuss include identity and pronouns, immigration, language and community, and the Brazilian experience. Tune into our episodes for more information. Gracias! Gracias!